I've seen you step on a rock and break a heel. I mean, a stiletto. <laughs> Which is what she was wearing. <laughs> she wasn't wearing wedges. Like, <laughs> Welcome to the What's Up Verdict Podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Ian Anderson. Some shit. And Casey Rich. Sorry for the swears. Not sorry, really. <laughs> Fair enough. We appreciate your help growing the podcast. Go ahead and hit that follow or subscribe button. Tell a friend about us. Check out our website, whatsoverdict.com, where you can listen to all of our episodes. You can sign up for our newsletter and pick up some sweet merch. Also interact with us. Go leave us a review. That's the one thing that we do ask. Go Check out Podchaser, Apple Podcasts, or even on Spotify now. You can leave us a review. We'd love a five-star from you. It really helps grow the podcast, so we appreciate that as you enjoy the content. The question we always ask is if you ever find yourself wondering if you should spend the time, money, or both on a movie, to help with that question, each week we put a movie on trial, discuss the facts, pass judgment, and let you know our verdict. Today we're reviewing The 355. It was released January 7th, 2022. It was written by Teresa Rebeck and Simon Kinberg. It was directed by Simon Kinberg, stars Jessica Chastain, Diane Kruger, Penelope Cruz, Lupita Nyong'o, Bing Bing Fan, and Sebastian Stan. When a top-secret weapon falls into mercenary hands, a wildcard CIA agent joins forces with three international agents on a lethal mission to retrieve it. If you haven't seen this movie and you want to avoid spoilers, you can go check out our spoiler-free review on YouTube. There's a link in our show notes. Pause the podcast. Go watch the movie. Come back, pick up where you left off, because we are about to spoil the shit out of this thing. So with that, let's dive in deep to the 355. Um, yeah, I wanted to like this movie a lot, but there was a lot of flaws with this movie. I think it started out okay, other than like the yeah. wicked predictability of Sebastian Stan's character not actually being the good guy. Like that part really pulled me out, especially the way that they did it, like the whole introduction they have sex as soon as he and jessica chastain have sex i was like oh he's the bad guy <laughs> i was like <laughs> yeah could have done a little better with that, that one but dumb. yeah or at least like show him getting like them shooting a different person than not showing it that it's him. like when you just cut the black when somebody's got a gun trained on you it's like okay well he's not dead yeah. Oh, well, we, I saw the body myself. I verified that he was dead. I was like, okay, then show me. Yeah. Because if the movie's not going to show me, I don't believe you. Yeah. It's dumb. All it took for me was his one line saying that he was running point. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Well, and I think to Ian's point, like you could have done much better. Like you could have had one more person involved and they get shot and you show him seeing that person shot and then keep him in these conversations a little bit, you know what I mean? Or make him get, they say he got captured. Anything's better than, I mean, I still think you figure it out. It's, it's a typical storyline, but they could have tried a little harder to hide the fact that he was a bad guy. Part of that might've been the advertising too, though. So like, I don't think that you can advertise something as so fully like, female-led, female-driven, and then turn around and throw it out at the very beginning. Because even if he's not, he's not going to have a big role and you don't hire that actor to have that small of a role. So they set you up to know that's it anyway. True. That's fair. I just want to say that I feel true. 
very vindicated right now that Casey and I watch movies very similarly because I've said that very statement. Like, you don't hire that actor without... <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've said that. Yeah. <laughs> so I love the similarities. I mean, the women in the movie, aside from my personal prejudice against one of them, they're powerhouse women and them alone would have been great. Make her a lesbian, have her having some mm. toward love affair. And then that problem goes away and it may not be quite as predictable because you're not waiting for her to have something to fight for against some dude that dies. That's fair though. I would have just appreciated her not having any a, love interest uh, to drive it. Yeah. Like, because you know who women need to a love interest. Oh yeah. Gotta yeah, have I that emotional some... stability. I need the dick in my life to die so I can go avenge it. Like there aren't many more, more beautiful penises out there. <laughs> well, and even to your point of her being a lesbian, like just no, let them no, be really a team don't. and let it be that this thing got stolen from an inept CIA or, you know, it got created. Yeah. I just, I'm with you. I just, I don't love love stories for the sake of love stories to like, if you need a love story or that connection in that way to drive your story forward or to create an emotional issue, then you're not a very creative writer. Like that's just, you know what, who would make the best bad guys. Imagine if all the bad guys in this movie were all like little kids that just happened on something they shouldn't have. <laughs> and were like playing a giant game of keep away. <laughs> that would be entertaining as fuck. That would be funny. Who do you have a prejudice against? Uh, okay. It's not for the reasons that you think. I just think I have an issue with whiny little bitches and Jesus Christ, Penelope Cruz was such a whiny bitch. She's over there crying in the fucking corner. You're dealing with like spies, put your big boy pants on and fucking move on with your life. That, and I love that she just full on has the, the clean. And we've talked about this before the podcast, like, People that you can that are shown in movies to not have any kind of aptitude for weapons, and they have the perfect shot. Because like at the end, she pulls the trigger on the perfect freaking torso shot. Yeah. And the way guns were used in this movie was just ridiculous. <laughs> like, how many times did they shoot in a crowded market and nobody notices? Like, I get you have a silencer, but come on. There's no blood spray. These guys just kind of lay down in the street. People walk by. There's, like, silent weapons. They're popping people up on roofs. And nobody, like, notices. They're just shooting people left. At, oh, my gosh. It was just... Well, and you didn't even see any, yeah. like, and then, like the coming off the building, right? I mean, it's not even like you saw pieces of no. brick hitting people or nothing. Well, and then it's hilarious too, because you've got, um, I can't remember every character's name. I should pull that up on IMDb or something. Um, but at the very beginning, she's chasing down the German oh, yeah, Diane agent. Kruger. And she like, yeah. So she like pops up, takes this shot at this lamp, hits just the wire. So it drops in front of her. But then when the guy has the drive and is driving away in a boat, they can't hit squat and there's three of them, but you can nail this wire on a lamp. And like, I hate when they do that. Like if you're going to be a great shot, be a great shot throughout the whole movie, like pop that guy or shoot the boat motor or do something like, uh, it just frustrates me when there's inconsistencies like that little things, but I don't know. 
there was like a surprising lack of blood for hitting arteries and all this jazz too. Until the very end. Well, I, okay, they had to so keep that PG-13 disclaimer, rating. Disclaimer. So I was watching this movie and like a dumb idiot, I went and got something to eat but didn't get anything to drink. And I got something stuck in my throat to where I couldn't like breathe without coughing. And I felt like an idiot coughing at the end of this movie. And so I left. <laughs> and so I don't exactly know the, the full ending. So I feel kind of... Like I shouldn't have a lot to say about this because I don't know the full story. So just FYI. What was the last thing you saw like before you left? It was they were at the auction and the dude, I can't remember his name, Sebastian. Yeah, Sebastian. I think you said Sebastian. Shows up and you're like, oh, there he is waiting for it. And that's at the point where I was like, okay, I think I know what's going down. And so I'm just going to hold it and get out of here. Oh, you missed a... You missed a lot yeah. at the very end. You missed one of my biggest yeah. problems with this movie. So let me, let me set the scene for you. After the auction, this guy goes to his boss without the right device because they swapped him. Because the Chinese didn't swap that device enough already. Well, yeah. Well, the Chinese woman that you see ends up being Chinese intelligence. So she's on the good, she's mm -hmm. the good guy, right? So she swapped it. He took the wrong, like a, a not complete version to his boss. His boss beats the shit out of him, sends him to go get the right one. He shows up at this hotel room or the this safe house and proceeds to murder the German agent that Diane Kruger's character like looked at as like a father figure, the okay, yeah. Chinese yeah, woman guy that was, she was talking. Yeah. Yeah. The guy she was talking to the whole movie and then the Chinese woman's dad. And then he's got guns to the husband and two kids of Penelope Cruz's characters. And all of this is on TV. So he's got agents at all their, places and they're all tied up and he's showing them and he's telling them, tell me where it is or give it to me or I'm going to kill everyone. So he kills two of them. He's getting ready to kill the family and Jessica Chastain stops him. They give him the, oh, and he kills uh, Lupita Nyong'o's boyfriend as well. Mm -hmm. So the only people, the oh. only family loved ones he didn't kill was the husband and two kids of Penelope Cruz's character because Jessica Chastain steps in. It was a pretty poignant scene and it was very well done to show this man's willing to go to whatever lengths. And people died. Like, it was impressive that they did it. The part that I struggled with is he then takes the device and leaves all of these super spies alive. Like, he's got, like, four guys with him. But he wasn't willing to leave the guy at the beginning of the movie who made the device and, like, all that. Yeah, like... Like, I'm sorry, I realize you need them alive because that's the movie. But in real life, a villain is not going to threaten to kill your family, kill some of them, and then not kill all of you. Because you know when they're they coming back. they have what they need. <laughs> yeah, you have what you need. Right. Kill them all. And they're all in the same room. He's just got to, they all are un, they have no weapons. They're tied up, half of them. Like, just shoot them. Like, and this movie's over, unfortunately. Or, but it's realistic. Like, it was just so, I was like, oh my God, dude, you left them alive. You know, they're coming back for you. Like, it's, you just pissed them off in the worst way possible. Anyway. Have yeah. you ever heard of this? I can't remember if this is the name of it, but there was this website where I think it was called My Life as an Evil Overlord. But basically, he would go down and list all these, like, 
stupid lines and scenes in movies about how if he was an evil overlord, this is how he would do it. And one of those lines is like, I'm never leaving the child of my nemesis or the person that I've wronged alive. Like I will kill them every time. Yeah. And that way they never come back to overthrow me. And it's one of those like lines that it's like, haven't we gotten to a point where you guys can come up with something that doesn't make it this obvious that I don't know. Also, Just, I wish they were a little more consistent with their characters. Like let the characters write the story rather than you writing a story and trying to make characters fit it. I just, I feel like that's what this movie did wrong is they set up people to be specific individuals and act certain ways. And then when it's not convenient to the story they want to tell, they kind of just mosey around it. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but. I had a bigger issue with, so this is an intelligence community, right? So from an intelligence perspective, people that have been in the intelligence community or currently are, they're not allowed to have like these public personas, these public profiles. They're too, it's too dangerous for your loved ones. So what the fuck are they sending Penelope Cruz's character to go be a, do therapy to some dipshit (laughs) when she has this without protecting in some way, this life she has, she's on the fucking phone calling her kids from like an, I don't give a shit if it's a burner or not, but Really? I mean, at what point is there like a separation of church and state? I had a bigger issue with that piece is you got the one girl's boyfriend, you got the other, like all of their personal life is just known. And I get that he's a super spy and he's a fucking villain, but come on now. If a normal person can't, like a normal spy can't have Facebook, can't have any kind of social media because it puts their loved ones at risk. At what point do you at least say like, "Eh, maybe we should be a little realistic in this aspect of the movie. Anyway, that was my biggest problem. Yeah. I don't know why. Well, and it frustrated me because in one scene, you're watching Fan Kruger. Is that right, Jenny? Yeah. She's like smashing her cell phone so nobody can trace the call. And then you move over to Penelope Cruz, who's having like full-on conversations with her family. It's like, you, you don't think an intelligence agency is going to look at the family and one of these people that they know is with you? Yeah, and, and it's not a short see conversation. where that call is coming from? Yeah. Well, then, oh, oh, okay, here we go. Okay, so this whole thing, like the big bad technology is that this drive that supposedly can somehow, yeah. no explanation, but can get into any closed network system, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't, it was hilarious to me how many times they referenced like, oh, that's a closed network. So you can't get into that. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you can't have it both ways. Either you've, ah, it just frustrated me. It, stupid little stuff like that. But I don't even know what to say. I'm just frustrated. <laughs> well, at the very least, like have the super spy, like the tech super spy girl put some sort of something in place to help you be less detectable. And you're going to pitch to me that some cartel's son is just, cartel leader's son is just that board that he develops this technology that can just crash planes whenever it wants and shut down power grids. Like steal it from another government or some sort of like cell or terror. Like, no, if I'm the son of a cartel leader, I'm not doing crap. Yeah. I don't know. You'd have enough money. <laughs> like, Wouldn't you be bored? Yeah. I mean, fuck, you need something to do. I have less of a problem with that. No. I think it'd be that's more... like a... 
the amount of work it would take to build something even remotely close to that. It just it's not like some kids tinkering around with technology and just makes this, yeah. you know, I had to, Hey, you don't know. Maybe he's a savant. Fuck you. <laughs> Could be well, the, the, uh, um, the Einstein of spy technology. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. It could be. Well, in the amount it's of redundant young, code that you'd have to write to be able to hack anything in the world at any time, at any location, yeah. like that's the part that like, it, that's well, not it's, how that shit works. Like you can't just sit like in Utah and crash a plane that's flying over New York. Like how the hell are you connecting? Yeah. That. Yeah, it, you're not playing That's Mortal Kombat and just pressing a bunch of buttons and not knowing what the fuck you did, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, because it's not. And this is where I get frustrated. Is like having talked and learned about some of you know the way that signals work, and you can't receive any kind of signal to even communicate. Like that's why it's a closed system. And then even with those systems that are like really crucial, there's a reason they keep people at a distance. There's a reason you can't take phones or electronics or have anything that near that stuff. It's because yeah, if you get close enough, yeah, you could potentially get some of that information. But for this device to just link to stuff randomly and shut stuff down, just frustrated me. It just felt so lazy on top of the already predictable character arc that the guy had. It just, I'm sorry. Just well, really frustrated me. Lupita Nyong'o's character even said, like when they were going into the auction, she goes, this is a closed network. I have to be on site. And it's like, if you're going to take the time to explain that, in addition to the fact that you have this device that will let you connect it to any closed network from anywhere, like how? And don't make it just so, because, and like, I know what they did. They take these visuals of this machine, right? So it's got this thing and you see on the computer, like all the 3D mapping and shit. Then it looks really cool. And so most of us that know anything about networking and, and how that stuff works, like you look at it and go, oh, pretty lights. I'm can, it just works. You know what I mean? But like, if you take a second and think about it at all, you're like, that's not how yeah. that works. Like <laughs> It's like a, virus that you can put in a junction box and melt a city and cause car crashes. Cause we've seen that before. Yeah. <laughs> with the, with the diamond headed drill bit. <laughs> if you're going to go that way, go all the way. Yeah. If you're going to be ridiculous, uh, be ridiculous and I'll forgive you for your ridiculousness, but don't try to be serious about it. And that was anyone loses me when they say it'll start world war three. I fucking hate that. Like just say it'll start wars everywhere. Like, that's enough. Like, if you, I hate when people say World War III, like it carries some extra weight. At this point, any major war that starts is technically a world war. Like, even our, the war in Iraq, like, there, it was, wasn't just us. Like, we had Britain, we had all these countries that were all involved in it. So, on, on a face value, I mean, it's the same amount of countries involved in World War II. So, why are we, we just act like World War III is this like impending doom. And I hate when people use it as a crutch to make you feel like that dun, dun, dun moment. You know, I'm just like, just say it'll cause chaos and wars and destruction. And that's enough for me. On my last bit, and then I'll leave the technology stuff alone. But if you're a guy who has this technology, why the heck are you auctioning it off? If you can just... Mm like tap into any bank, like start transferring money. You can get money. Mm -hmm. That's like no longer an issue. So why would you auction something off that could create that wealth for free? Maybe they're just an evil piece of shit that enjoys watching people get hurt. 
But that's what I'm saying. Like, if that's what his motive is, why would he sell it? He can just start crashing planes. And nobody would ever know what's happening. Yeah, like there's no... If you have that device, like anything that you could potentially want, you can get with that device. So why auction it? There's a a difference between being culpable and completely responsible. Like there's a difference between being the guy that actually pushes the button and the guy just manufactures the button that gets pressed. Well, that's fair. But I, I also feel like to that point, it would have made more sense to have him, the people that were auctioning it, say that right like look i want to make money on this i don't want to be the guy that destroys the world but i want to sell it so that those well, that have no problem doing that pay me for it they had those characters those characters got killed <laughs> and the device was taken that's fair so yeah, i'm assuming it's the guy that took it that was auctioning it off or was it somebody else see that's the crazy part it was the chinese woman but they took it to auction it so they could catch the guy that did, that went in and killed the guy at the cartel. Like the big bad guy that that what's his face was working for was the guy gotcha. that wanted it to be able to push all the buttons. And the Chinese used it to set up the auction to be able to catch this guy. They Damn actually, bro. yeah, they actually flat out said like they had no intention of giving it to him. Yeah, they just wanted to get gotcha. to find him and weed him out so that they could stop him. But that's, yeah, all that happened at post-auction. So you were choking. You weren't there. Yeah. <laughs> you were yeah, in the parking lot by that there. point. Yeah. I was. I was outside hacking. <laughs> I will say that the final gunfight, while it was chaotic, it was pretty fun. Like seeing everybody just shooting everybody and going crazy. It was pretty satisfying. Yeah. I spent the whole movie waiting for that because there mm-hmm. really wasn't any violence until that. And then it was almost like John Wick violence. Yeah, just without the stretched necks and gushing blood. Yeah, it was a decent action scene. They they blow a hole in the top of this hotel room that's where Sebastian Stan's character is, and they blow a hole in it and drop in and just start going crazy, killing everybody. And I will tell you, like, that was the one place where I was not as upset with Penelope Cruz. Like, all this violence is happening. Jessica Chastain's character is, like, blindly climbing the side of a building or scaling the side of a building. And then it cuts to this, like, elevator music with Penelope Cruz just getting in the elevator to to go up a floor. That part was funny. Yeah. And then just bloody gore after that. And they did have some, like, repercussions like they blow a hole in this floor and Jessica Chastain's getting impatient waiting for whatever I don't even remember what it was that needed to happen but something had to happen before they could trigger the bomb so she's getting impatient so she starts climbing outside on the balcony to climb down into this place and the bomb goes off and it almost blows her off the hotel like it's not like she just held on and was like oh that sucked it was like holy shit she almost died because she got impatient and went down there and did her thing but I mean, so yeah, there was, it was some fun gunplay. They had some wicked guns. It was interesting. I did get a little disappointed. Like when they, after that, he had come in and killed all their families and stuff. And they were like, we got to go get him. Like they just randomly walk into this room and they're like, look, here's all the guns we'll ever need. <laughs> it was so, and I realized they're in the middle of a Chinese safe house for like this Chinese intelligence. But I was like, <laughs> why wouldn't you have had all of those guns at your disposal up to this point? And I realized that it's part of the movie, but it was funny. But then when they went into the fight, I was like, okay, this was cool. So, yeah. 
I didn't. Oh God. The ending was a little disappointing though. The actual ending. So he ends up, he, they shoot Sebastian Stan. Penelope Cruz does. They let him live and they have to leave because he's still CIA. And so they think that these women are the villains now. So they go on the run and he's alive and they show him back in the CIA. And then all of a sudden, Jessica Chastain's character pops up in his house and she puts, she asks him if he want a drink and puts some ice in his drink. And that old like riddle, you give a guy a drink, one has ice, the other doesn't. He ends up dying. It's because the poison was in the ice. He starts getting poisoned and ends up, she doesn't kill him though, right? Case, I don't remember. She just says, you're going to spend the rest of your life in jail, doesn't she? Like, so she knocks his ass out or something. Mm, I think I think it, it kills him. It kills him. Yeah. Yeah. And then they all like go their separate ways. Like we'll meet up again or whatever. And then they do that obligatory. The bus drives by. And then when it gets a fully by, Jessica Chastain's gone. And I'm like, what is she, the flash? Like nobody moves that fast. <laughs> because she's incredible. That's true. If anybody could, fucking she could. Not with the shoes she was wearing. That's the other issue that I had is there's a handful. Don't you knock her fucking shoes. Hey. I trip in flats, but I can walk in fucking heels. (laughs) So don't give me that fucking bullshit. No, now look, you I have no problem with heels. And she can walk in heels. She can even run in heels. But she can't jump from building to building in heels and land on that that shit and not break those heels. At the very least, I've seen you step on a rock and break a heel. I mean, a stiletto. <laughs> Which is what she was wearing. <laughs> she wasn't wearing wedges. Like, it's, it's fuck. Anyway, like, I, it's fine. But I do have some issue with that sometimes. Leave the fashion out of it, all right? <laughs> Stick to topics you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll stick to topics, meaning I don't want to try to jump from building to building in dress shoes. Let a, I'll stick to my tennis shoes. Sure. I can't even right. imagine trying to do that shit in heels. And I realize you women are incredible and far more competent in uncomfortable footwear than I will ever be. But there are some yeah. stretches to realism that I even I can't let go because you women are amazing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Should we rate this thing? Can we get oh. at least like one positive out there? And we talked a lot about the positives. I said that the, the acting was amazing. Also... I mean, all of the women in this movie are hot as fuck. <laughs> sure. Every one of them. And they're badasses. And they, the acting, like I said, the acting was really good. Especially yeah. the emotional scenes. Like Lupita Nyong'o is one of the best criers I've ever seen. Like, Oh my God, that, yeah. When they killed her boyfriend and then she, the reaction, like that was incredible. Yeah. Like she can play emotion better than, most. I mean, she's fully deserving of the Oscar she's won. And like in the movie Us, like the way she can just trigger at tears and like not, and it's believable even because we talked about this a couple weeks ago, Ian, on the podcast about like I hate when people cry and it's not ugly crying. But like there's a difference, like there's mad crying and like the way she cries, like I, it's still very believable, even though like her face doesn't fold up like she just chewed on a lemon like most of us do, like it's still the amount of tears that she can produce and like the look on her face and her eye, her expressions, like she's unbelievable at that. And so it's very believable. 
There's not a single one of them. She went there. Yeah. She went there with, like, she didn't worry about not ugly crying, right? She's not worrying Mm -hmm. about what her face looks like. I mean, it, there was some spots in there that were ugly crying and it was fantastic, but that's what makes her that good. Yeah. I mean, and to be honest with you, like, I think I mentioned in the spoiler free, when this movie's good, it's really fun. Like, it's very entertaining in the parts that are. On the flip side, when it's the things we've talked about, and we have talked a lot about the negatives, but the negatives are very negative, but the positives are extremely positive. It's fun. Like, I had fun for probably, like, from the beginning to, like, the chunk where I'm like, eh, Sebastian Stan, just they, he's definitely the bad guy. Because that opening scene of them taking down that drug, that was crazy. Like, the freaking violence was interesting, and the fact that the bad guy didn't just get the weapon, like, it was going through this weird progress of getting stolen multiple times and i thought that was interesting and fun and then there were parts at the end that i didn't love but i'm the most of the middle of the movie i had fun watching it you know what i was surprised by so like jessica chastain and just because i know enough about her she takes her craft pretty seriously and she typically tries to find roles where it's this super strong female that has like a very purposeful reason for doing what they do, right? You look at her in the help and she took the character she was there from being this, you would assume just some ditzy little girl to, I mean, she takes it to dark places or you look at some of her other movies that she goes in, right? You've got Miss Sloan where she's Zero very dark powerful. 30. Yeah, Zero Dark Thirty, right? She she is phenomenal. But I think the part that I I walked away real like missing is some of the most magical moments that she has is the quiet moments where there's an intensity and a sincerity. And she kind of has a lot of times this like really quiet power about her. And probably, I mean, even when I've seen her interviewed, she's fun and funny, but I think that that's what I miss the most is as much as I love her, her character almost felt a little bit disingenuous to and maybe it's just because I love her so much that I had a hard time separating her from her character really was just, I just need to avenge somebody else or right. It it felt a little bit simpler than I would expect her to do as far as like the driving force behind the character. Maybe, and maybe that's what led me to feel as disheartened about the movie as I did because I really wanted to love it. I really did. I went in, I was excited to see it. And then I left and I was like, oh, well, cool, sad. Yeah. I should go watch Miss Sloan, <laughs> right? I mean. Or the one where she was the skier. I think that's a really good point. And I like picking up or hearing you talk about that and thinking back on the experience of watching the movie, like I fully agree that usually her, her roles are a lot more purposeful, whereas this one felt kind of more like a, Liam Neeson type where it's the, another spy killer intel person that's kind of doing its thing but and you I, almost I could have thrown any other woman point. into that role and it would have been the same yeah. movie and I think that I think that takes away from the genius that is her and I'm not as sad about the other ones right I don't think that you could have taken who's the chick from that was in us Lupita Nyong'o Yeah, I don't think you could have taken her and that really beautiful moment where she, you see all of the emotions that you could possibly have in like this instant of grief. I don't think she could be replaced with just anybody else. 
But I think it was a disservice to Jessica Chastain and everything that she can do as an actor and put her in the role that she was in. Sure. I mean, it's bubblegum action. I mean, and that's like knowing that I went into it going, this isn't going to be like her Oscar performance. To be honest with you, I think Lupita Nyong'o, like to me was my favorite character. And she was the most badass to me because this is a woman that gave up on it for normal life because she just, and I get that. Like I couldn't be like a secret agent or even like a CIA agent or something like that because like that secretive life like is just odd to me. Like, and I can't imagine being in that world of not being like living a split life or whatever. So I get that. And then for her to go back in for a friend and understanding the the weight of the circumstance and then having the worst possible thing happen to her and then that decision. And that's one of the things, you know, unfortunately you miss and you know, when it's streamable, you have to watch the end of it because like she has this moment where she's crushed because her boyfriend just got killed. The reason she didn't want to be involved in this happens. Right. And then this like switch flips on her and she goes full on frightening human being like, cause she's making uh-huh. jokes through a lot of the movie and she's given Jessica Chastain, she's given Mace a bunch of shit and all this stuff. But then at the end of the movie, like all of that stops and she is just full on frightening and got these submachine guns and she's laying people down. She's blowing shit up. She's hacking shit. And I'm like, Holy fuck. Like, and it was to me, she was the most, well-rounded character of the movie because like Diane Kruger, she's fun. And I love her as an actress. She does a lot of like independent shit since other than she she did like the national treasure movies, but she's done a lot of independent, smaller stuff. And I really like her. I think she's way underrated, but her character was throwaway because she just was like the loose cannon. Right. And then Penelope Mm -hmm. Cruz was the annoying person that could have been anybody to me. My favorite character in this whole movie was Lupita Nyong'o's character. Like, oh, yeah. She was so cool. And well, the, and it was cool to arc. see, like, yeah, the minute, the thing that you're talking about, right, when they're in that bar or in the safe house, right, and her, she goes from, like, a paralyzing amount of grief to all of a sudden the friend who brought her into this that got him killed is the same person that needs her, and it's the same thing that causes that switch to flip. Yeah. Where all of a sudden it's these women need her and it's her alone. And then she steps up and it's like, nope, I'm here to work. And you could see that she was still affected by it, but was able to at least get functional. You could see it. It was that part was really cool. But yeah, any all the other women could have been interchangeable with anybody else. And it's not, it's not that it wasn't great acting because it was, but mm-hmm. really it was poor writing, I think, than anything else. Poor storyline, poor writing. Yeah. I mean. It was. I, I might have to go watch the end of it because it sounds like some of the best parts were there at the end. It was. Because um, I think this one suffered from, again, I think I kind of said it before, but they had characters or they, they didn't have a story that was built on following out the story. They had characters first and then they kind of made the story fit those characters. And then it just doesn't mesh as well, in my opinion. But what was yeah, that I'll have movie? to watch the end because it sounds like a a few good parts there. Yeah. What was that movie with? The only one I can remember is Melissa McCarthy. Is it the kitchen where you had these wives of the mob and they took their husbands away. And then all of a sudden, like they take over and and Mm. get into this like powerful women place. That was almost what I was looking for. Whereas what I got was kitschy. 
Um, the movie you were thinking of was Molly's Game, by the way. Yes, it was. And yes, that movie's called The Kitchen. Yeah, I think to your point, Case, the writing is where this movie suffered because it went from, and that's part of the reason that this scene that we're talking about at the end, Ian, is so good, is that it it really flips this because most of this movie is very typical spy movie. They've just injected these powerful female characters, which is really cool. And I think is more needed to that. And what I wish they would have done is explored the story of the actual three, five, five, this agent back in yep. old America. Like I wish they would have incorporated that more and had that be more of how the writing went as opposed to let's take all of the typical spy movie tropes and throw them together for three quarters of this movie. And then it flipped it on its ear for about 20 minutes of a very intense scene that changes this entire movie which we're talking about where everybody gets yeah. killed and then they have then it goes back to this just pure action movie where it's just this raw everybody's just pissed and or trying to survive and shooting everyone else and it's chaotic as hell like it's a very chaotic action scene and very intense like it's like i said it's a tense moment there's about 25 minutes of just pure emotional intensity, which is really interesting to watch because it gets away from the tropes. It goes completely different. And then it goes right back to the tropes when it's done on how they end the movie. But that's when they bring in the most interesting part of, and they talk about this original, you know, Mm -hmm. spy that worked for Washington that I want to do a little more research on because she was real, but it was just like, holy shit, they should have started with that. And they made it seem like in the trailer that they were going to lean more into that, which I wish they yep. would have, because I think that would have been cool. Well, yeah, what they did was they took any spy movie that could have been played by men or women and just said, here's your women to put in it. Had the movie been more, even if it's this group of the actual woman that was the 355, right? That was her number because they didn't give her a name. Nobody knew who she was. Yeah. And here you have this group of women who everybody seems to know who they are. Versus if you're going to make a movie and the point of the movie is to show, look, women can do anything that men can do. Here you have this this big bunch of powerful women that little girls can look at and say like, hey, look, I can do whatever. If you're going to do that, then I think you also have to have the balls to give them sincere and moving background more than just like, hey, it's a spy, right? There has to be some depth to the characters, and there just wasn't. That was my beef, like Ian's uh, issue with the tech. <laughs> All right, should we rate this thing? Mm-hmm. All right, let's do it. If you guys are joining us for the first time, we rate movies on a zero to five scale. Zero being the absolute worst movie ever, and five being a beautiful piece of work. So let's jump in. Um, I'll kick this off. Look, we talked a lot of shit. We tend to do that a lot in the podcast where we we harp on the things that we didn't love very much. And sometimes we forget to talk about the good things. So I'm glad Casey reminded us to talk about some of the good things because I won't lie. I was entertained. I mean, it's a couple hour movie and I was probably entertained that for an hour and a half of it. And the things that, that weren't good, weren't good. And they were so tropey and so obvious that I was like, oh God, it kind of makes you roll your eyes. But when it was fun, like I had a really good time. Like the doc scene where... They're chasing each other around and trying to get this thing. And the fact that everybody's competing against each other, it was really entertaining, you know, at times. And it, you know, it felt like a, like I said, a kitschy action movie, but I'm okay with that if I'm having a good time with it. And I did because the acting was good. It was funny. It had some decent quips and some decent dialogue at times, but the overall story suffered from, you know, typical tropes that that we struggled with. And 
And when it did get really good, I wanted more of that. And I, you know, and I wish we would have talked more, uh, had a little more creative writing about how these, these women came together or, you know, who these women were and let them have those moments where it wasn't just typical storyline. But I think that of most movies these days. So I'm looking for that originality, which this movie had in some ways, but didn't have in a lot of ways. Overall, I'm going to give this movie a two and a half. I feel like it's, you know, it's right in the middle. It's a, it's an average movie. It's a lot of fun. I, I recommend when it comes out to stream, check it out. I think you'll have a good time watching it on, on a Friday night with some popcorn and hanging out with the family or, your, you know, your loved ones and whatever it is. It's got some entertainment value. So that's me, two and a half. Casey. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I really want to say that I would, I would probably give it a three. I would watch it again, right? There were pieces I liked. I really do enjoy the fact that here you have a movie that is very much a female empowerment, as kitschy as it might've been. Like, I really do appreciate that that's kind of, you're starting to see some more of this out there. And I think that there needs to be more of it. The acting was phenomenal. Even Penelope Cruz, right? (laughs) The acting was still good. I just didn't like her character. There was some realism to it. There, It was pretty fun. Um, not a bad little date night. Would I pay 20 bucks a movie to go see it? No, no, I wouldn't. But I wouldn't mind a little home popcorn some time on the couch, right? Dark room. It's fine. Cool. All right, Ian. I know. Maybe, maybe my rating would be a little different if I'd seen the last bit of the movie so like maybe keep that in mind but I just felt like I've seen this one before where this is the typical spy story and you like you said typical tropes you got the the love interest that's secretly the bad guy the whole time but not really secretly and uh, some of the action was just I could see parts of the action where it was fun and entertaining but there were moments when you're shooting a guy point blank with a gun in your bag and nobody's noticing like that stuff pulls me out of the movie and it makes it hard to enjoy the action because I think it's getting easier and easier for movies to be more realistic and the information's out there. Like it kind of just reminds me of like when I would do a book report on when I didn't read the book, it's like I didn't put in the effort, but I'm just like kicking stuff out. Like this is so I just wish they were a little more kind of realistic with some of the action stuff. It sounds like there were some good parts at the back end. I'll have to tune in and see, and maybe that changes my rating, but I'm, I'm going to go with a, a two. Fair enough. Three, two and a half, and a two. All right there in the middle, pretty close. Decent movie. No reason not to check it out. With that, next week, we'll be reviewing Scream, the 2022 number five movie, basically, in the in the series. So tune in for that one. Casey, as always, we love having you on, especially on a movie yeah. like this where we can get the female perspective. We Thanks appreciate for having that. me. Yeah. Which I really feel like we need a sound bite of her. Like that should be our next sound bite is sorry for the swears because that one I just feel like would come up frequently. <laughs> so it's very true. Put my vote you, in for that. You guys didn't one. even really swear. I'm the one over here like, fuck this, fuck this, fuck who? <laughs> Well, it's, I, I back no. off my swears because I know you're on it. So I have to balance <laughs> out the, the vulgarity of the language a little. Because <laughs> usually I'm the guy carrying that hey, weight. I, no, I have sworn in every by single it. podcast episode. That is yeah. true. That Pretty is true. What you the soundbite of me saying that it's, uh, it's like walking away from a bad one night stand. At least you got laid. That's fair. That's... <laughs> 
you that got cum in your hair. Wowza. There we go. All right. You're well, welcome. Yeah. So check us out on our uh, social media sites, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at What's Our Verdict. Go check out our website, whatsourverdict.com. You can listen to all of our episodes there if you haven't, you know, in case he's on a few other ones, there's some fun ones out there. Check out uh, the Birds of Prey. That one was fun. Uh, she was on that one, so. TV ones, too. Yeah, she did some of the TV ones as well. Yeah, so go check that stuff out. Please leave us a review, Podchaser, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. Leave us a review. It really helps grow the podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye.